Hi, it's Tim Hagen from Progress Coaching, and welcome to another episode for the Coaching Conversations podcast. Now, we are on Stitcher, we are on iTunes, and multiple different channels. Please check us out. Now, one of the things that you'll get out of our podcast episodes is a lot of content, a lot of strategy. It's not fluff, it's not concept. Yet we really want you to engage with the content and let us know your feedback. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. If there's topics you'd love to have us address, we would love to share them with you. Let us know your impact and let us know your feedback. When I think about the coachability factor, it's the title of our next book. And the title is, again, The Coachability Factor, Building Great Workplace Cultures Through Coachability. See, there is so much on the training side, and and certainly for good reasons, teaching leaders how to coach, how to provide feedback, how to have conversations of conflict, all incredibly valuable things. With that being said, the one thing that we would share is that there is a opposite attraction to this success. There's an opposite, for lack of better description, effect. If I'm coaching somebody, and they're just not interested in improving and they're fighting change and they're resisting feedback and they're coming up with reasons why I'm wrong or why my approach doesn't resonate right away. Is that a true reflection of my ability to coach or is the person being coached not coachable? Are they lacking coachability? Coachability is defined as a person's willingness and professional and thoughtful reception and participation with coaching and feedback for personal as well as team to organizational development. Now, that's a mouthful. With that being said, why do people lack coachability? Let me give you a couple thoughts and insights, and I would love your feedback. First, I contend It's a learned behavior. See, today, when you think about youth sports and you think about parents approaching the coach, approaching the teacher, why did my kid get a B and not an A? Why did my son not play Thursday night as much as we feel like he should? And sometimes they do it right in front of the kid. Look at basketball today. I am not against AAU basketball, but AAU basketball has gone from the team to it's a place to showcase your individual skills. That's why we have so many fights and physical altercations, not only between players, between parents and officials. Why? Because the individual feels at risk. See, somewhere along the line, our school systems did something that's very interesting. I am not against school systems. I'm huge, hugely uh, a big fan of teachers. So I sit here. I am not criticizing the curriculum, but I think about calculus and trigonometry and geometry and history, all valuable subjects. I'm not saying we should not teach them. Yet I don't recall people in manufacturing, I don't recall people in various organizations drawing upon those learnings. Now, the critical thinking certainly has a great value and certainly some application. It's funny. We do not teach. We do not teach 
how to be a great teammate. We don't teach how to accept feedback professionally and thoughtfully, even when we disagree. See, here's the funny thing about feedback. Most people emotionally interpret it. I cannot tell you in 30 years of teaching coaching how many times I've heard an employee say, geez, my boss, you know, he or she attacked me. Really? How did they attack you? Well, you know, they, they said I wasn't doing a great job and they, they said my attitude was suspect and, and, and I just disagree. And what they do, really due to a lack of upbringing, due to a lack of training, what have we done? We've cut ourselves off from even learning. Now, when you think about the upbringing of the kids today, let me share with you a quick story. We had a kid, and I've coached volleyball for on and off for 30 years. We had a kid literally who was really upset he didn't make a certain team. He made a lower level team and was really upset. And the parent ended up getting on a call and wanted to do a video call, did the video call. And lo and behold, you could hear her and her husband kind of positioning the message with a point of angst, like, you know, this isn't fair. And the kid is sitting there. Now, I asked both parents, what's your volleyball background? They had none. So they were arguing with an expert. I would never go to Stanford and talk to a science PhD and argue that my kid deserved a higher grade. I'm not qualified. And so what happens is, is people emotionally interpret. They emotionally react. I'm watching my son or daughter struggle, so I got to go fix it. So in addition to that story, I recently spoke at a business class with one of my volleyball players. And the teacher asked me one of the greatest questions. She said, if you could provide one insight for everybody in the class for their future careers in business, what would it be? I said, be a great teammate. I said, respect your boss, listen to your boss, ask your boss for help, ask your boss for feedback. And when someone gets promoted, even if you went for the promotion, be happy for them. The team comes first. It just does. A manager does not coach or manage one person. He or she manages and coaches a team. If you put yourself ahead of the team, that team might become your team. They may not want to follow you. And we often share with people that leadership, one of the great things you can do with leadership to find out if you're really resonating as a leader. See, everybody says you should never look behind you, should always look forward. I completely disagree with that. I encourage leaders to look over their shoulder. Are people following me? And oh, by the way, are they smiling? So coachability is a learned behavior. Now, when we in the corporate world get a new employee, we typically take them through onboarding and some company training, all valuable stuff. Again, I'm not dismissing anything that's being done. And what we do is we have them go through onboarding. We have them go through training specific to their job. What if we taught them and had them go through practice sessions on seeking and accepting feedback, seeking 
and accepting feedback even when they're in disagreement? What if we taught them how to have conversations of conflict and work through challenging relationships and conversations? What if we taught them the value of coaching? And please do not underestimate the value of coaching. Here's why. Many employees feel like, "Uh uh-oh, my manager's coaching me. I must not be doing well. They even interpret coaching with its awesome intent. Coaching has a great intent, but we cannot assume that that's the perception of the people that we coach. So we also have to Share with them, you're going to be coached, you're going to be mentored, you're going to be challenged. Last, I'm going to make a comment that I bet initially will get you to feel uneasy or it might make you feel awkward or it might make you feel, wow, I've never heard that before. Here it is. Change is good. Change is awesome. Here's why. One of our clients had never been virtual. Seven, 800 employees had to go virtual. They did it successfully. And I'll never, ever, ever forget one of the training leaders making a comment to me. And it was awesome. She said, you know, this really kind of exposed us. And by the way, they do an awesome job. Now they just got to do an awesome job in a virtual classroom versus a in-person classroom. Just a different format. They'll do it. They are doing it. Change is awesome, yet employees, many employees have changed because they had to, yet it is our contention in day-to-day outside of a pandemic, outside of a crisis, most people will fight change. Most people just want to go in and do their jobs. So when there's a new product, a new service, a new procedure, a new policy, a new boss, a new teammate that needs to be nurtured and trained, people immediately disrupt their thought process and say, why me? Now this is more. I've already got a lot of stuff on my desk. I've got a pile of work. And we start to emotionally interpret. We have to teach people the value of change. Let me tell you a very quick story. And it's one of my favorite business stories. I think about Blockbuster Video, franchising hundreds, thousands of stores. And a company by the name of Netflix came to them and said, we've got this idea. We've got this platform we built. And Blockbuster said, how much do you want for it? I think the number was 50 million. Netflix value is in the billions right now. And what happened was people loved going to Blockbuster and picking up videos and exchanging. Gosh, it's only two, three bucks. So streaming for 12, 15, 20 bucks, whatever it is, was really kind of a far cry. And change was thrust upon the consumer. And guess what? The consumer adapted. Blockbuster did not embrace change. They did not embrace what the consumer was saying. Blockbuster's no longer around. They were a huge company. Change has really become this four-letter word. It's really become this negative connotation. Change is awesome. So I'll share one more story with you. When I think about coachability, I think about one of my employees. 
And during this crisis, she has been fantastic. She has stepped up. She has learned new platforms. She has built our coaching community. She has built products for me. She has built content. And after the year, I finally said, do you realize how much you've learned? And she was really unaware, quite frankly. See, the funny thing is, most people are unaware. Most people will fight change. Most people don't want to learn. They just want to go in and do their jobs. Not because they're bad people. It just feels less disruptive. Yet we've all, to a certain extent, have had major change thrust upon us. So what if we taught people in the beginning, change, acceptance of feedback, developing a positive relationship with change, defining and executing and training and coaching and mentoring people to be awesome teammates, to think of others before themselves, would the workplace be better? So stay tuned. We're going to continue to work on our book. We're going to continue to do podcasts and articles and coachability. We have to teach the other side of the equation. And that's the reception of coaching and feedback. Thank you for listening to another episode of Coaching Conversations by Tim Hagen and Progress Coaching. Now, our company is always coming out with new and innovative solutions to help leaders coach their employees. And recently, we just created a new service called Coach to You, where leaders can pick and choose topics and assign 7 to 21-day programs for employees to learn and, more importantly, apply actions and then reflect and share what they're going to do going forward as a result of the learning. It's called Coach to You. We're literally bringing coaching to your employees. If you're intrigued, we'll have a link in each one of our episodes where you can get more information. And again, thank you so much for listening to another episode.